carried by seniors moved, has moved to Jesus. All our illnesses, our transgressions, and our wickedness, they all be moved to Jesus. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, then all the illnesses of the sinners have been carried by Jesus. All your illnesses and your problems or your sorrow, probably in, the, in your business failure or in your household or in your study or the sorrows that is in failure of your studies or whatever, they're all being carried by Jesus. So, as sinners, you don't need to carry any more the same torture that Jesus has experienced because it's been the existency has been switched and it's been switched so that's why all the transgression everything that the sinners have they're all being um, transfer, transferred to Jesus and this is what we need to realize when we eat the when we eat the bread and the wine in the Holy Communion, we need to understand that is the blessing that has been given to us because the purity and the righteousness of Jesus has become ours. That's why sinners that are supposed to be um, the sinners and being punished, they have been made pure because of Jesus' holiness and purity. Us who are sinners, we have been made righteous. Why? Because God's, uh, God's righteousness has been transferred to us. That's, and then, on the other hand, we are saying, Jesus, who doesn't know sin, he has been made sinners. As you can see, Jesus, who is so good and who is so pure, who is righteous, he's become wearing the black cape because he was originally pure, he's been made sinners because he's carried all the burdens, all the sorrows and transgressions of sinners on himself. That's why we have to understand this principle of Holy Spirit. So you know for sure when you carry the bread and the wine in the Holy Communion, then you know that you're carrying the, and you're wearing the, um, the white cape because all your wickedness and everything has been carried by Jesus. All your sorrow has been guaranteed by Jesus, has been paid by Him. All your future that is still unseen, that is still blurry, it has already been planned by Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Marcus and Cosanto. I really wish that we can understand clearly of what Holy Communion means. It is not just something that is ordinary, but it is something that will bring blessings to us. That's why it's not surprising that the Word of God says that by His stripes we are healed. Whatever illnesses that you have, only by His stripes that we are healed. So if today you're still not healed yet, it doesn't mean that you're not going to get healed. Because the Bible says only by His stripes that we are healed. So all our illnesses and sickness will be completely healed.
When we eat the bread of the, in the Holy Communion, we need to understand that we're eating God's body that has been broken to receive our sins. When we drink the wine in the Holy Communion, we need to understand that that is Jesus' blood. That is Jesus' blood that has been shed, that is pure, and that has carried the um, forgiveness of our sins and has made us um, pure forever. You know, remember when the purity and the righteousness um, rope has been worn by the sinners, it's not, it doesn't happen only like temporary, but it happens forever. God doesn't say, oh hey, you're not faithful here, I want to take that white um, cape again, I want to switch again. No, no, no. God never says such thing. The Bible said in Romans 3, is that our, um, our unfaithfulness will cancel God's faithfulness? No. That's why God, is a, God has given us that rope of purity and righteousness and it happens forever. When you have received that righteousness and that um, holiness, then you have to remember that the life of the believers, that is the life that is guaranteed for salvation until forever. The protection is guaranteed forever. The future is guaranteed until forever. And the successfulness is guaranteed until forever. And all the he um, healing of any illnesses is guaranteed until forever. And this is such an important thing so then we can understand this principle. That's why when Jesus died on the cross, He died on the cross 2,000 years ago, right? You live on this day. So when you believe, when you believe of what Jesus has done 2,000 years ago, then on the exact second, it happens that exchange of existency. Because what Jesus has done is not temporarily, but it's permanently and it happens until forever. For everyone who believes in Jesus, who has seen the the coming of Messiahs until when they believe. When Jesus is died on the cross, then there's that creation of salvation for those who believe in Jesus. Those who believe in Jesus believe in the coming of Messiah. So, that's why the creation of salvation happens for those who believe in the arrival of the Messiah. Likewise, for you and me who live in this day, that's why the creation of salvation that Jesus has made 2,000 years ago, it happens upon us because it happens on the very second that we believe in Jesus that salvation happens for us today. That's why it happens, it will happen in our next generations. That's why 
This exchange has shown us that there is an a new existency for the, the believers. It's not, they no longer become the sinners, but they become a person who have been saved. There is a guarantee in their life, and there is a guarantee of freedom and victory and successfulness in their lives. That's why there is no need for um, doubt or worry in the, the um, in the believer's life. The world can experience failures, but I believe that the believers who live with Jesus, their successfulness is guaranteed. Praise God. Second Corinthians five, verse one says, verse twenty one says, for he has made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. So what is the reason that he does that? It's because. The requirement of punishment of sins has been paid by Jesus. So, if one thing has been um, fulfilled, that thing cannot be requested for a second time. If once, um, if once uh, debt has been paid, they can't be um, that actual debt cannot be requested again by the debt collector because they cannot be punish again for the second time because it's been paid in full. Why is it that we have the new existency because of Jesus' purity has been given to us. That's why we live no longer to become sinners but being a person who is saved by God. Hallelujah. And we have to appreciate that. That's why if we're about to take the Holy Communion, we believe that there is such great value in that bread and that wine. And that's why Holy Communion will bring great blessings to your life. Amen? So the second key. What sort of power that is within the Holy Communion? The second power is to bring strength and um, healthiness and also a longevity. First Corinthians 11 verse 30 says, For this cause many among you are weak and sickly, and many sleep. In English um, translation it says, This is the reason for this cause in another translation. So in other words, this is the cause of it. So, sometimes you don't realize this is the reason. What is the reason? Because we eat and drink the wine without um, accepting God's body. And this is the reason for this cause. Because of this, that's why the Bible said a lot of people are weak and sick and also sleep. And die, they die young. See, it's a great experience, right? So that's why I long to share to you this understanding. I'm not going to be bored enough to um, get sick of telling you this um, truth. Because we can receive the blessing when we eat 
and drink in the Holy Communion. In other words, if we change our, um, like rearrange the verse, the word for this cause, or this is the reason, shows that if we eat and drink the Holy Communion by confessing Jesus' blood and body, that we shall receive the strength, the healthiness, and also longevity. So when we eat and drink the Holy Communion without confessing God's body and blood, then it will cause us to be weak, sickly, and have short life. Then when we have the Holy Communion with the understanding and confession of Jesus, um, an acceptance of Jesus' body and blood, then it will be the total opposite, right? It will bring us strength. It will bring us health, healing, and also bring us a long life. That's why I want to encourage the um, CLC congregation. Don't just have CLC um, uh, Holy Communion once a week in a month, but you can have your Holy Communion at your home, own homes. Whether it be every day, you can. Every whether it be once a week, it's okay. The more Holy Communion, the more you does with that understanding with the acceptance of Jesus' body and blood, then they will bring you, um, us strength and he, um, health and also a long life. If you don't believe it, give it a try, give it a go, and you can see how the power of the Holy Spirit and in the Holy Communion will flow upon you. Because when we do what God has asked us, then all His promises will happen in our lives. Hallelujah. It's not surprising that the early congregation, the first congregations, when they had this um, congregation, happens continuously. If you take a look at Acts um, chapter 2, verse 22 says, And they were continuing steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of the loaves and in prayers. Verse 43 says, that the apostles have such great power with um, to create miracles and also signs in the life of the believers. The salvation that we receive as believers, it has it becomes uh, it has a characteristic of being comprehensive. It means the salvation of our body and spirit. So, the greatest gift for those who have been saved, apart from receiving the salvation from God, um, apart from receiving that eternal life from God, is one of the greatest gift is health. When we receive the salvation from God, we experience salvation of spirit, right? When we receive a salvation of spirit, and then we receive the healthiness from God. 
we receive the salvation of our physical body and also our spirit. So it's a complete set. So that's why I am so um I'm so confirmed that the second greatest gift is your health, it's not your money. There are so many a lot of um so many people that are so rich with money but they don't have their health. They cannot save their um health or sicknesses if they don't um if they don't have that spiritual strength. It is how wonderful it is that God's promises is in regards to health for the young ones they don't really care about their health right. They tend to be those people who have a bit of age um, they tend to think about their health right. The young ones they don't really care about the health at all. The more um, cholesterol they eat the more tasty it is. Why? They don't care because they are still young. But as a matter of fact, that illnesses um, or any sicknesses doesn't care about age. So if ever since you're young, you're taking care of what you eat, then it becomes a much better result for you in the long run. That's why, because it, because if we eat the bad things, they all accumulate in our body. So when we're starting to age, and our immunity is starting to reduce, then all the illnesses will um, be revealed. So that's why it will be good if you can pick the healthy foods and anything that will bring benefit to yourself. The Bible says all the food is alright for you, but not all of them are beneficial for you. That's why let's think about what is it that we eat. Are they beneficial for us? Is there something that can bring us benefits in our body and our soul? If we are healthy, then we can experience God's blessings throughout our lives in this world. God doesn't just give us the blessings in heaven, but He is also providing us blessings in this world. So enjoy yourself. The Bible says that how can we enjoy the blessings that we have in this world if we are not healthy? That's why we need to be healthy so then we can experience the blessings that God has provided for us in this world. Brothers and sisters, Jesus is not always creating miracles by walking on the air, I mean on water. Jesus doesn't only calm the um, storm. Jesus doesn't also always um, rise to death. But if you take a look at it, in the Bible, Jesus always healed the sick. Matthew chapter 4 verse 24 says, And his fame went throughout all Syria, and they brought to him all those being badly ill, suffering various diseases and torments and those who had been possessed with demons and those who had been moonstruck and paralytic and he healed them. So I'm so glad that actually God has such a nature that is to heal other people.
When he carries and um, delivered the Israelites out of Egypt, if we take a look at Proverbs 20, um, 100, uh, Psalm 105, verse 37, it says, He also brought them out with silver and gold, and there were not one feeble person among their tribes. Indonesian translation is not that great. That's why I don't really like the Indonesian translation. It is said that no one is um, um like um gone kind of thing. So in the Bible it says that no one feeble among their tribes. So what do you think that you know among those Israelites that comes out of Egypt are they not any who are sick? Of course they are. But when God delivered them out of Egypt, Psalm verse, um, chapter 105, verse 37 says, There was not one feeble, one weak person. So, when God delivered them out of Egypt, they have, God has healed any of their illnesses. Imagine if they're, um, if they're sick, they can't survive being in the wilderness for 40 years. And that's what the Bible said, that Moses, until he's old, his eyes is not blurry and his strength is not any, um, it's not reduced at all. If Moses has experienced God's promise like that, what about ours? Who believes in here that you will receive the same promises and the same experience like Moses? Amen. Hallelujah. God's nature is to heal the sick. Two and a half million people comes out of Egypt. God has made not even one person who is weak or feeble among them all. Why is it that we need to confess and accept God's body? Who is it that says, for he who eats and um, without um, without uh, recognizing God's body, why is it that it's not said, you know, it is said without discerning God's body? Now I want to tell you this, um, what this means. God's blood speaks about the um, forgiveness of sins. Almost everyone knows that the forgiveness of our sins has to be done by the blood, right? Um, sacrifices, they have to have bloods, right? So, everyone knows that the function of the blood is for forgiveness of sins. The blood has a function of forgiving sins. Let us take a look at first Ephesians, oh, sorry, um, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7. In Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of His grace. Colossians chapter 1 verse 14. This is also in Indonesian, they don't have good um, translation. I'll read it in English. In whom we have redemption through His blood, the remission of sins. So we have received that redemption through God's blood. 
that is the uh, remission of sins in in English translation uh, it, in Indonesian translation it doesn't have that through his blood so when you see when when you drink the um, the wine of the Holy Communion it represents Jesus blood so you know that the forgiveness of sins happens upon your lives so you know for sure that when you drink this as the person who have been forgiven by God so as the person who is forgiven then when God is reminding you that there are people who you have not forgiven yet on that very second you have to forgive them why because it's impossible for the redemption to happen upon us if we do not forgive others blood speaks about forgiveness and redemption then the blood speaks about healing and the Bible does not um, explain the meaning of healing explicitly but we can see the context in the time when Jesus spoke about um, spoke with the lady of Syrophenesia let us take a look at Mark chapter 7 verse 26 to 29 the, the woman was a Greek a Syrophenician by race and she begged him that he would cast the demon out of her daughter but Jesus said to her let the children first be filled who are the children in this context are the Israelites they are the Israelites so he said let the children first be filled for it is not right to take the children's loaves and throw it to the dogs isn't it not good but Jesus is using this parable to um, to show how the children speak about um, the chosen nation that is Israelites the, um, the Jews they tend to be compared as the dogs they're not the children imagine if there is a um, a a priest who speak about this sort of thing would they would the congregation run away they probably thought oh this priest is so mean but this is what Jesus did he spoke very clearly he doesn't care about whether it being good or not but he said that it's not right that the children's loaves is being thrown to the dog but Take a guess what the lady's um, um, response is. And she answered and said to him, Yes, Lord, get the dogs under the table, eat off the children's crumbs. So all the remains of the, all the crumbs of the bread that falls that are not eaten by the children, they're all being put aside to give to the dogs. So this lady she has a character of humbleness she wasn't offended by being called the dogs she knows that this is what it was supposed to mean so she said that's why she said yeah Lord let the dogs under the table he shows such great humbleness a lot of believers who um, cannot be this humble 
That's why. Let's take a look at what happened in verse 29. Verse 29 says, And he said to her, For these saying, Go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. So, healing happens upon this daughter. What's the context of this parable or this conversation? The lady requested Jesus to heal the, um, her daughter that is possessed by a demon, right? But Jesus used a parable about saying the children's loaves or children's bread. So, if we take a look at the context itself, the, the love speaks about healing. And if we take a look at the verse 29, God has confirmed and said, For this saying, go, the demon has gone out of your daughter. So if you understand this principle, then you are able to understand all the other verses. For example, in Mark chapter 5, verse 20. 4 to 34, it spoke about a lady who experienced bleeding for 12 years. You remember that? There's a lady who has experienced bleeding for 12 years long. And this lady is trying hard to reach Jesus' um, rope. Oh, there were so many people around Jesus. And this lady who is feeling, um, who is experiencing the bleeding, She's not somewhat, um, someone who is strong, right? You can imagine someone who experienced bleeding for 12 years, not 12 days, but 12 years. So you can imagine maybe this lady is probably like a person who experienced um, uh, cancer in their womb or something like that. So you can imagine this weak person, she's trying hard with such great effort to reach um, Jesus' rope and she only managed to reach the corner of Jesus' rope. She only touched it, touched that corner and when she touched the corner of Jesus' rope, you know what happened? Jesus stopped. Jesus was still walking at that time. When Jesus was walking, she only touched the corner of his rope and you know what happened? You know the rope of the Jews? It's right on the bottom to the floor. So maybe our perception is that this lady is probably like, you know, crawling to touch the, um, the rope. Probably she was, you know, she has the risk of being stepped on by others, but she doesn't care. She just tried hard to touch Jesus' rope. And she finally made her, um, made to touch the corner of Jesus' rope. And he stopped. He asked his uh, his um his disciples who has touched me and his disciples said oh there were so many people who, and you asking me who touched your rope and Jesus said no I can feel there is a power comes out of my body and it was it did it happened that lady who had the bleeding of um of for twelve years once she touched the rope of God of Jesus she is healed insta instantaneously. And, yeah. Have you ever thought about if the corner of Jesus' rope can heal a person who has had bleedings for 12 years, 
Imagine what God of what Jesus' body is like. What's the effect of it? It's so powerful, right? I believe it's so powerful. Amen. So that's why the Bible said in Luke chapter six, verse nineteen. I want to show you all these. Um, first, so then you can understand. Oh, these are the contexts. First, nineteen says, and all the crowd sought to touch him, for power ran out of him and healed them all. Do you get it? That's why the body of Jesus speaks about healing. There's so many people who understand that there's a power in um, the healing power in touching Jesus that flows from he, uh, from Jesus' body and it has been confirmed in the Bible. The Bible never um, share about Jesus having a headache. One day Jesus had a flu. That's why he had to ask Peter to replace him to, you know, do the sermon on the um, on the top of the mountain. No, no, no. There is none like that. Is there anything in the Bible that says that one day Jesus had a stomachache? No, no. That's why the Bible never spoke anything about Jesus being ill. That's why it's no wonder that it, within Jesus' body there is great power of healing. That's why when you eat the bread in the Holy Communion, there is power of healing in that. If there's multitudes has tried to touch Jesus because they know that there is a power that flows out of Jesus' body. That's why today we receive the blessings. Why we don't need to, you know, um, to try hard, but we can touch Jesus' body with the same power, with the same power of healing. This is the blessings for those believers. That's why today I really wish that we can eat and drink the um, wine in the Holy Communion with the understanding of recognizing the Lord's body. I believe that what we have heard today, we need to practice, um, practice it. We need to action it. Don't just have it in your mind, but put it in your heart and action it so that we can understand and experience the power of healing. I wanted to invite the ministers for the Holy Communion to come forward.